Here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. Okay, we'll get help from the fairies. Fairies? Yes, they live in a cave deep in the mountains near Battenberg. It's said they can grant any wish, but reaching them will be hard. Because they're protected by an army of robots! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Robots? Isn't that a little bit weird? Don't ask me. Hey everybody, welcome back to Press X to Reload, where we press start, jump into the menu, enter the name of the hero that we're going to play, and embark on a brand new adventure. That adventure, of course, being watching video game film adaptations. I am Nick Moore. Joining with me are Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Wayne. Good day, everybody. And Mark. How's it going? We are continuing our... Our not quite, but yeah, like our side quest. We're looking at video <laughs> game films that are more about the video game world than adapting one specific story. And I got to admit, halfway through this one, I was a little frustrated because Wayne had recommended Dragon Quest, your story. And I got halfway through this one. This is the, the story to Dragon Quest V. Wayne got this wrong. <laughs> this is a straight up adaptation. And... <laughs> I was very mistaken by the time the last 20 minutes came up and punched me in the face. This movie is a yeah. surprise. I think this came out, I want to say, what, 21? Something like that? Nin no, 2019, I, I think. I think it was 19. Yeah, so it's a few yeah, years old. 19. And it is, in one sense, a film adaptation of the plot to Dragon Quest V. And in another sense, it really isn't. It's a video game film about Dragon Quest as a whole. Absolutely right. bizarre. Wayne, let's start with you. Because you recommended it, I have to assume you'd already watched this once. Am I correct? Yes. Well, we watched it again. Uh, we both enjoy this film. It's, it's um, Honestly, I don't think you can get a more video game movie. And it's because of what this movie is. <laughs> And I know we'll discuss it when we get to the ending and everything, but this is a video game movie. You're watching cutscenes of the Dragon Quest V and Dragon Quest World and Dragon Quest Music. Everything yeah. is there. This is this is the definition of a movie that's a video game, and it works. It worked. It worked. But you, I think you really have to knowing Dragon Quest is a bonus. Okay. I don't know if you. Uh, I know Dragon Quest, so this works for me. I don't know if, Mark, if you don't know Dragon Quest, did it work for you or anything? So I, I would say it's an advantage knowing the world, the creatures, and everything like that. But I am familiar, so it worked for me. I don't know if it worked for Mark. Okay. Well, Mark, did it work for you? I guess the short answer to that is this is, for me, for the purposes of what we're doing, the best video game movie we've ever seen. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that is yeah. high praise. That's what I'm saying. You can't get more video game movie than this. <laughs> this Better this than is Double Dragon? <laughs> uh, easily. <laughs> this is the best. I'm like so glad I watched this. This is the <laughs> best video game movie. Like 
the combat in it, even do, even the montage pieces. I was like, this just feels <laughs> like I'm watching someone's like let's play. Okay, yeah, and like the, the grinding and the leveling up, and the, yeah. <laughs> it's the, all there. Exactly, you see him getting better, leveling up, getting loot. Like loot is falling out <laughs> of enemies when he's killing them. He's going on little side quests. Like I'm sorry, I just I thought it was great, and then the last. 20 minutes sealed it for me because i thought it was a good movie and that last 20 minutes made it great made it absolutely fantastic yeah, it locked it in <laughs> yeah they they stuck that landing perfectly there is a part of me and i don't know how long will you do this before you all get sick of this and run away <laughs> but there's a part of me that wishes this is the last one we had watched Man, yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know if I'm going to find something else that encapsulates what we were hoping to find mm -hmm. done at such a professional level. Correct. This movie is on a short list for me. There's only a few films in the last, I'd say, five or ten years where after I watch it, I immediately try to see if there's an option to purchase it. Nice. Even though this thing's streaming on Netflix, is like, no, 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 it's going to go away eventually. I want a copy. This was... Yeah. Like my jaw dropped during several of the action scenes. The the montage the comedy is not, good. The comedy is on point, and everything about yeah. the action and the comedy is maybe the first example I can think of where I've seen a CG anime that still feels like a traditional anime. The exaggerated yeah. motions yes. that are almost pantomime. The, the big absolute, eyes or the eye. <laughs> right. The high emotive expression, but without like the super amount of realistic kind of detail that you would put into CG. Typically it still feels like a cartoon in the best possible way. Yes. Like I forgot that I'm looking at CG several times into it. It felt like it was animation by the way that they moved and anime has a flow a vibe to it. And this captured mm -hmm. that. So on yeah. top of being a really good video game film, it was a fantastic anime. Yeah. So I was really yeah. impressed. Yeah. And it spans, yeah. what, 25, 30 years in an hour and 40 <laughs> minutes? This thing wastes no time. And you know what's it, interesting is it, when it Mark says this long, is like yeah. the best one he's seen for what we're doing, that's impressive because he's not familiar with the Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior no. yep. world. And to compliment that, Mark, this is what the Dragon Quest games are like. <laughs> yeah. Again, like I, I, I don't know how else to say this. Watching this... It gave me all of those like, and it, and this is why the this will make this statement will make sense when we talk about the ending. Watching this reminded me of the first times I'd ever played an RPG. Okay, like oh yeah, watching it brought me back to my childhood playing RPGs. It just said it just something it captured that well, the beginning and the end magic. have a very good nostalgia wash for sure. Oh yeah, and the ending sealed it for me but <laughs> it captured it watching it and i i knew nothing yeah. about this genre there were times watching this because like as nick says it covers quite the span of time where i would have been like i would have been happy if this was a a series that got a six seven year run sure i i would have i would have been tickled pink if it's got six or seven seasons yeah. of this but instead it's compacted into less than two hours to cover a multi-generational family story of good and evil. And that's mm -hmm. really yeah. impressive to me. 
that's hard to do. Yeah. Like they hit the major beats and it's all killer, no filler, right? Like there's just enough character moments that you actually do care about them, but there's no scene that you could pull out. Everything matters in it. It flows. It never yes. felt slow or boring. Like it rolls. We will never yeah. see another movie that we watch for this podcast in which the 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 first generation of the story is told through the eight bit and sixteen bit okay, yeah. kind so of let's, era. Let's start there. like that's <laughs> just incredible. What an incredible way to do the backstory to lead up to what we're yeah. we're getting. The into. fact that it opens up with not just eight bit looking text, but eight bit looking mm-hmm. Japanese text on the screen while you hear the voiceover. Yeah. It's like okay, they're going hard mm-hmm. for nostalgia. That's a cute touch. Let's see when the film starts. And then it starts with the actual 8-bit Dragon Quest V cinematic before cutting to the CG movie. Oh, boy. I was impressed that they had the the guts to start that way. Because, I mean, you're on a streaming service showing this. You might have the odd person who goes, nope, and clicks out. But it really works. Thinking that's the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. It really works. I genuinely thought I had the wrong movie. (laughs) Because <laughs> I wasn't, I didn't look up because at the bottom of the screen is the closed caption, but it's in Japanese. So on the screen is the like pixelated dialogue at the bottom of the screen is like Japanese, but the English is on the top. And at first I was looking where you normally look for, <laughs> <laughs> for the, for the translation at the bottom of the closed caption. I, I literally, it's when I went to move the mouse to turn on an English closed caption, I noticed the English at the top. I thought I had the wrong movie, so it, it got me. <laughs> but that's a really strong kind of start. Like, that's confidence going oh. into this. They knew what they were mm-hmm. playing. Now, Dragon Quest is massively popular overseas compared Huge. to here, so I suppose they know they have an audience for it. Like, this had a theatrical release over there. So they know yeah. what they're working mm. with. It is more of a niche. Like Final Fantasy ended up becoming the big thing in North America. Dragon Quest really is more like the overseas hit. Like work yeah. days are planned around. A new one's dropping. No one's <laughs> coming to work. Like it's a big deal. That's it. And I feel like that's where a lot of like the high end production value, the really crisp writing to it. They brought their A game because they know they kind of have to. <laughs> like this is the equivalent of the yeah, Mario Brother movies. Fair for over there the new one not not the hoskins one <laughs> like right, this would have right. had pressure to be good yeah but they nail it it's really good mm-hmm. yeah i don't have to look for good things to say we can just go through it and say yes this is good that's good but i like the yeah. main hero this would be yes. probably is the fun to watch this would be the rare example I know that this show is about us finding the good in these things, but this would be the rare example where it'd be hard to find the bad. I can't think of much at all. (laughs) You know what? I don't think it's bad because it fits the tone. I could see some people watching this and being turned off by the intentionally cheesy over the top dialogue at times where he's like, I'm Prince Henry to you. (laughs) Like those moments I loved but I could see somebody being like, oh, that's really cheesy. But like, sure. I loved it. But again, that's perfectly keeping in line with the tone of the games. The game. Absolutely. Like, if you play the, the games, movie. the games feel like you took an anime and adapted it to a video game. Absolutely. Yeah. Like the way that the humor is presented, the way the action is presented in it, they feel like an 
anime being adapted. Whereas, again, for whatever reason, Final Fantasy games feel westernized in a certain way that's hard to put my finger on, but they, they really do feel like they've been localized. Dragon Quest, by the time it comes over here, does not feel localized. It just feels translated, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and like you were talking about Luca being such a great protagonist, and for me, it's not like a new thing they did with it in this movie. It's just I've never felt a hero earn his experience, if you can put it that way, as much as this hero does. He like, does, though. He starts off as, I know nothing. I am not a hero. I can't do this. To gets the motivational speech. I'm going to go do this. He's got a few okay. victories under his belt. Hold okay, on. okay, I can do this. Can we back up to the motivational speech? Because I just want to paint the yes, picture for you, dear listener. <laughs> What I imagine to be eight-year-old Luca is teamed up with his father, who looks like he looks like the guy from Soul Calibur. He looks like my my samurai dude, Mitsurugi. 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 Yeah. He's teamed up with him, and his father's just slapping monsters around. He's knocking down like they're equivalent to Rocksteady and Bebop, but it's like a warthog and a unicorn. I think I don't know. Which are Either really way, cool. Either way, evil magician <laughs> shows up. Yeah, yeah magically yes. grabs our hero, well, hero-to-be, Luca, this kid, and the father has no choice but to just let himself lose because his kid's in danger. And I had to pause and write this down (laughs) because (laughs) what he says to his son as he's on the ground about to die, listen to me, and then gets set on fire and just... (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, listen to me and like... some grand thing. He just goes, listen to me. Ah! And then later on, there's Burns a flashback up. of Luca remembering that moment and they play it back again. And I just about fell out of my yeah. chair laughing because it's dramatic. It's his father being set on fire. But at the same time, it's like seeing someone go to give you great advice and falling down the stairs. It is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was I was caught so off guard by that scene because <laughs> up to that point, I would say the tone is super warm, friendly, almost light. And that is dark. Like watching his father be incinerated in front of him. While giving him Even though he's so tough. Even (laughs) though he's so tough, his dad kind of survives that for a little longer. Yeah. He still lives long enough to give the advice after being set on fire. He still lives long enough to be like, your mother is alive and then drops dead is still alive it's just great but you can almost picture that in your head in the video game of listen to me dot 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 and then a little fire thing coming up on him and ah exclamation mark exclamation mark like you can picture it but to see it played out in this in real time is hysterically funny (laughs) i really enjoyed it and then you have, what, 10 years pass by of Luca and Prince Harry as slaves. Yep. <laughs> and Harry's still insisting, yeah. you got to call me a prince. Why? We're slaves. What does it matter? <laughs> yeah. That also caught me off guard. You know what? It's so typical for the villain in stories like this to ignore the kid. Yep. And go about his villainous ways. It is atypical for the villain to be like, you know, I'm not going to leave this Luzen lying around and take it with him I know. and enslave it. Like, I was just like, you know what? 
That's the smartest thing sense. I've seen a villain do in a long time. <laughs> yeah. I love it. The evil magician in this that is basically played like Mark Hamill's Joker. I really like him. He's a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah. There's times he sounds identical. Like the, the animation form yes. where one of his eyes, I think his left eye, is just looking slightly yes. askew. <laughs> so he yeah. always yeah. looks a little half crazy. Mm-hmm. It's so visually off-putting. Yeah. He, even when he's looking straight at you, one of the eyes always looks like it's a little off. It's so weird. He's always given side eye, and I kind of dig it. It's great. Yeah. And I love yeah. I love how they get the tip to escape the place. That oh my just God. as they're marching down, carrying their stuff, and the guy behind them is like, hey, you want to get out of here? <laughs> and then just is like, you know, they throw dead people in a barrel. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I love that That's he's it. saying it almost discouragingly. Like, well, you yeah. want to get out of here. As soon as you're dead, they put you in a barrel. That's how we all get out. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> and Prince Harry goes, there you go. We just need a fake being dead and get put into a barrel. <laughs> and then covering the faces with awesome. literal crap. <laughs> and yes. The one guard be Did like. they open the barrel? The guard actually says, that's one suspicious barrel. <laughs> yes. Knocks Who open and they got their there? tongue sticking out. <laughs> I love that scene because, like, even the guards aren't completely idiotic. It's- no. Yeah. Wait a minute. Who put that there? <laughs> yeah. But then followed by a really good action sequence where they they fall down the waterfall, bounce into the city, or they're rolling through the city, guards are chasing after them. Really slick looking, but still has like that off-kilter comedy to it. Like it feels yeah. slapstick, yes. but it also feels like high adventure. It was really yeah. cool. Followed up by the old man who's riding his hay across town, sees them, and just times it perfectly to catch them with the hay so they won't get caught the mysterious old man that shows up in all of these video games and helps you along the way. I like how they handle those types of elements. So did I. And then you get, as you said, your montage, which my favorite thing about that opening montage is, like you'd mentioned, Mark, the gameplay elements, him smashing an enemy and loot coming out, or him Mm -hmm. choosing the wrong attack and hitting the metal slime monsters that just bounces off and he has to run. (laughs) Bang, bang, (laughs) bang. Showing the brief, non-lethal, but failures of the hero as he's learning in a montage, I always dig, rather than just a montage of him always being amazing. It's the things we do in games, right? Right. That's what we do in games. You learn by trial and error. And I I don't know if this is just something if they even intended this, but like it reminded me in the beginning, he learns that little like tornado spell at the beginning and it's I small. Love that. Yeah. But as the movie goes on, it gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. It levels up. Yeah. So it's like, he's leveling it up. So he's better at that one spell. I was like, this is again, just <laughs> nostalgia for, for playing games like that. It's so good. Yeah. And he has that mm. one spell. He doesn't end up having an arsenal of moves. Wow. He has his sword play and one support spell for him, which makes sense for the class. Whereas his best friend growing up, the girl who ends up marrying him in this, she's the full-on mage that has more than one spell. Like the specifications they have, the the specializations they have are handled really well. They feel authentic to the game experience, but without Mm -hmm. bogging it down. It reminds me of like the new Dungeons and Dragons movie that came out. You're pulling from the lore yes. of it. You're pulling from the rule book, but not in a way that hurts the storytelling, in a way that just helps it along. Yeah. Which I yeah. thought was great. Everything down to the first major boss he fights has a weak point that he has to find. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the glowing weak point on the boss. They have that. 
Yeah. I love that fight too because it's it's the classic. Yeah, I'm not leveled up enough to fight that. Oh guy. yeah. Like it's just a, it's yeah. the classic. Like that that monster is multiple levels above me. I got no business going to fight that. Oh, but that's where the quest is. Oh. But the build up. I guess I gotta go there then. The build up. He finds out that that's where the quest is. He's like, no, no, I just want my sword. If the sword's there, I'll get it, but Mm. I don't don't have to fight the monster. And the, well, if you defeat the monster, then you win my daughter's hand in marriage. And it's the girl he's been pining for growing up. All of a sudden, just (laughs) for love. And he jumps in there, and you don't even see (laughs) the fight. You just hear him get beaten two seconds, and he shows up at the tavern on fire. That's great. (laughs) What makes that even better is that's what the old role-playing games were like you would you'd go into a town you talk to the the mayor the mayor's like oh there's a monster over there if you kill him you can have my daughter and all of a sudden it's like okay i guess i'm on the way to the monster to (laughs) to win uh, this yeah that's the quest and it's just the way you go there was no there was nothing more than just that yeah it's all it's played very simple not even like low stakes there's high stakes the the world's in danger but for him it's just what's the immediate quest in front of me and he just kind of yeah. rolls along with it, which is kind of great. Yeah. And then you have your yeah, first hint that things you. are weird because he he beats the monster, which is a great action sequence. That whole thing mm-hmm. at the weak point and his his lifelong friend Bianca has teamed up with them. And he's got that and the tiger and the slime and whatnot. But he beats that thing. He proposes to his like. Nira, the princess that he's been pining after, and then he has that weird dream sequence mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it's an in-game menu that he's falling through. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. and it's choices in-game. I loved it. I loved it. Right, and <laughs> I'd forgotten that Dragon's Quest V, you have the option between choosing to be with Nira or Bianca. Mm-hmm. So for him to have that choice in front of him again, I'm like, yeah, but you're doing it in a game menu that doesn't make sense in the context of this story. That's really weird. But again, I I guess it's like an Easter egg for video game fans. But by the end of it, it makes perfect sense. It this all thing makes six sense. senses you. It drops little hints yeah. as to what's actually going on. My favorite being when other characters in the story, not the hero Luca, but other characters like his mother and the, the dragon dude say this time around. They use that phrase yeah. three yes. times in this. And, he, and on the third time, yes. he goes, what do you mean this time around? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you still don't even clue in. No. <laughs> it takes the end date for you to clue in. It's pretty neat how they set all that up. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, we may as well discuss it. But if you haven't watched the movie, I recommend watching it before Again, listening last to this. Chance. Spo- <laughs> all we do is spoilers. Massive last spoiler. chance. That's, this is what we do, but we definitely recommend seeing this one before hearing it. But this is like... Turn it off. Yeah. Hit pause. This. this was really cool. Not too many, I would say. Hit pause. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? But this one. Go you need watch. To. And then come back. Like, yeah. That's where we're at that moment. For the first time ever, I will actually say hit pause. <laughs> I'm, I'm the only one who says this. this. You finally all agree with me. That's how <laughs> yeah, I know this, this movie was important. This is this is the one. I'm going to finally say that. Too. So you've watched it. You're back. Dear listener, isn't it insane <laughs> that the whole movie is a video game? <laughs> It is a game movie. It's some it's guy, like, guy playing a game. And he's Sim. he's in a virtual reality remake of Dragon's Quest V, reliving it, and it like wipes short term wipes it's... your memory so you believe you're the hero. But I guess some guy who doesn't like this game, maybe maybe he's a Final Fantasy fan, maybe he's just some jerk. Some hacker puts a virus into it that's taken over the last boss, 
and it's messing with the game. So now you have the hero fighting against a virus that isn't supposed to be part of the game, but the hero is just a dude anyway. It gets very meta. It actually reminded me very mm-hmm. much of the Lego movie. That's what it kind of reminded mm-hmm. me of by the end, where it jumps outside yeah. itself, and it's more examining our feelings about this franchise and how we connect with these characters. And I really like when the virus is saying none of this is real, and he goes, I know none of it's real, but to me they are. Yeah, They were always real to me. I was like, that's kind of cool. It's like when you read a book and, and, and you fall and to, in love with the characters, you know? To go on with that, yes. showing him as a child playing yes. Dragon Quest, blowing into yes. the carts, and talking about Nintendo that little bit of history, cartridge. that's why it's so important yes. to these people, right? So, Yeah. I thought that was really cool, and that could have been handled poorly. I was impressed oh, that they walked the line to do it as well as they did because that's nostalgia is a tricky thing to get right. Yeah. But here's the thing, and this is why I think this movie works so well. I don't have Dragon Quest nostalgia. Okay. I've right. never played it. For mm-hmm. me, that moment was that nostalgia I felt watching this whole movie. It was okay. nostalgia of the first time you popped in your favorite RPG. Well, yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter what it was. It doesn't matter yeah. what it is. Whether it was Final for Fantasy. For those moments, for those hours, as you got into the story, Final Fantasy, Final, for me, my favorite of all, RPG of all time, Final Fantasy Tactics. Absolutely. You get so invested in the character, in the story, that for those moments, every time you sit and do that, it, that's what it feels like. This world is real And if to Mark, me. if Mark, if, if 10 years from now, there was this mind-blowing virtual reality game of Final Fantasy Tactics that you could go in and play over and over and do different choices. You'd be oh. there in a heartbeat reliving this and those these people heartbeat. would matter to you because it's that important to you. 100%. It's wild. Like if I could go yeah, and relive wild. Final Fantasy 4 or Final Fantasy 2 as it was over here, that's the one for yeah. me because that's the first major like Final Fantasy that I felt invested in. And I played the original, but the original, the character's yeah. Like, they don't really interact with the world as characters, just as plot. Go do this thing, but you don't really have relationships with anyone. They're generic heroes. (laughs) Yeah, but for everyone matters. The characters matter. It's a big, long novel Mm -hmm. of a story. You build relationships. The the music was more. Yeah. Yeah, the music was more emotional. It It brought you in more and stuff. And that's what this reminded me of. Like, I've played Dragon's Quest. I like those games. I didn't keep up with them as well as I did Final Fantasy. But for me, it was... Final Fantasy 4. Like, I'll play that game as much as I possibly can. Yeah. So when he's Ooh. showing this flashback of him popping in Dragon's Quest 5, that's where my that mind took me to is the first time I went through that. And it's captured mm-hmm. so well. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> for myself, it wasn't even just like one RPG. It was it was all of them. All but all of the older ones, like and even even some of the newer stuff, like whether it was Xenogears or um, <laughs> Wild Arms, it was just, it captured something that those games captured for me playing them. And it was like I was watching someone's playthrough, you know, and like I cared. I cared about those massive leaps in time because I was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? Because like when he gets turned to stone midway through this movie, I was yep. like, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I love that you go from him following his father and his father dying to he gets together with Bianca. They have a child, a son. He realizes that the son is the legendary hero 
but not until after he's been frozen in stone for eight years and the son had to grow up without him being raised by their their cook, I guess. It's their cook, yeah, their chef. I, I don't know who that dude is. I real, love him. That's where the real strength of the hero character is in this, is, is the son of Luca is actually the, the overall growing hero of this world. But Luca's our hero, your hero, right? It's your character. So yeah. you're the hero, but the <laughs> son is actually destined to be the one, right? Which, by the way, that's a such that's a, a nice, funny scene mm-hmm. when the son pulls the sword out for the first time. Oh yeah, <laughs> the whole oh, it's amazing. Like, no. And he just he pulls out the legendary sword that won't budge for our main hero and just decimates everyone with it. It was wild, but it's cool yes. to see a story where the main protagonist of it isn't the chosen one. Correct. That it's someone yeah, else. I, he was. I appreciate that. That's really cool, and it still worked. And I like that when he finds it out he's not works. the chosen one early on, before his son exists, it doesn't deter him from trying to do the right thing. He just changes his mission. All right, well, I can't stop the villain because I'm not the hero. My job now is to find the legendary hero. He doesn't, yeah. like, get down yeah. and go, oh, what do you mean I don't get to be the one? That's not the point. Yeah. Doing the right thing's the point. That's what makes him a cool hero. A hero. And he's so yeah. proud of his son when he finds out that he's actually the <laughs> legendary hero. Like that awesome yeah. scene near the end where he's fighting the evil magician and he's tried every trick he has, but he doesn't have the strength oh. to push through the magician's barrier with his sword. And then the second sword of his son comes up beside him and they fight him together. Like, that's really cool. Hell, that yeah. whole fight and scene is cool. That is Avengers Assemble is. level cool. Everything yeah. in that, that is That fight nuts. scene <laughs> is incredible. <laughs> and I like it, again, even more because... You know that his son has the overpowered weapon that is supposed to win the day. That's not the fight you get. No. You get the fight of Luca fighting the guy that he can't actually beat. Yeah. It's the, he is fighting as hard as he can against someone he can't beat. And it like, everyone knows this. He can't beat him. And he almost looks like he does. I was just like, wow, that was epic. And then when he didn't do it, I was like, that's appropriate. Yeah. Because he shouldn't have been <laughs> able to. And then it takes his son. But oh. you get like the two <laughs> generations teaming up. I did appreciate in terms yes. of generational stuff. So as the hero is charging up the steps to fight the magician at the end, the two monsters that murdered his father, like that beat him to hell before <laughs> he set on fire, are coming down the stairs at him. Just three swipes they're both gone i expected at least you murdered my father like some princess bride stuff doesn't even give them a quip just straight out murders them and keeps going they are an afterthought all that matters now is the big fight Mm -hmm. it shows not just how far he's progressed but how far beyond what his father was it shows how the generations are strengthening it was really cool Mm -hmm. yeah that whole last sequence is out of control everything down to the magician knocking him down to the ground. It doesn't look like he can win. He's coming down at him with the fireball. And then our hero does the strongest version of that whirlwind spell I've ever seen. It's a flat out tornado. Yes. <laughs> and all it does is hurt the magician. It's still not enough to kill him, but it was cool. Well, it knocked him down. And I don't know about you, but like for me, there were so many moments in that fight when he's fighting that magician. I'm like, someone's going to save him. Someone's going to save him. And that was the moment I was like, oh, here it is. His son's going to save him. 
because a giant fireball is coming to kill him like he killed his dad. Yep. And his son will save him like he couldn't save his father. No. No. no he saves himself. He's a hero. He saves himself <laughs> and almost yeah. beats the villain on his own. Oh, I mean, in all fairness, this is a hero that requested robots on his his journey into this, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) When you do the flashback of him starting this up and, hey, can we throw robots in there? Oh, yeah, that's totally an option. No problem. Because they're so (laughs) out of place in the story. You're going to go to this ancient temple to see the fairies. Also, there's robots. (laughs) What? My favorite part about that is prior to you knowing it's a video game where he's asked for robots – when he's told in story, in game, there are robots, he's like, robots? Like, he is <laughs> he's confused he by it. of their existence when he's told about them and you find out later he requested them. Oh, I was dying laughing. <laughs> and so funny. The one thing that near the end revealed that I thought was really interesting, when you have that flashback, he's talking to the virus and it shows him setting up the game. He's talking to the guy running the machine. Mm. He's like, you know what? I think I'm going to choose Nero this time instead of Bianca. Yeah. And he's like, well, I mean, once you get in there, it's not going to matter what you tell me because you're going to be thinking as the character. He's okay. Well, can't I just suggest it to myself? Absolutely. And he puts in self-suggestion and that's the dream sequence. Self-suggestion yeah. tells him Nira, but then he smashes through that and goes to subconscious and still chooses Bianca. Because yeah. that player, yeah. as much as he goes, I want to see a different version of the story, still loves Bianca. And mm. it reminds me of, like, Mass Effect. You have all these different romances you can choose. I'm always going to choose Tally. Like, it, it doesn't matter what the <laughs> other ones are. I could pretend like I'm going to choose another one. But Tally's my girl. You just girl. gravitate that way. Like, that's that's <laughs> just what it is by the end. right? And any of yeah. these games where you have choice... More often than not, the choice you made the first time, it's really hard to break away from it because that's where your heart was in the first place. And I like that even him actively trying to fight against it, it's not where his heart is. I thought that was kind of cool. It's Knights of the Old Republic for me. Knights of the Old Republic. I choose to be a Jedi and I chose Bastila and other people went dark um other people because of me <laughs> yeah Hate that but bitch. it's cool it's <laughs> but it's the same reason even between good and evil when you play a game again i've tried to go through mass effect and play as a renegade and i can't i want to play paragon that's where my heart it's because you're committed game. to the world as the character you were it's hard to break that because exactly. then you're breaking the world you helped save mm-hmm. you've written that story and you don't want to rewrite it and exactly. I think that speaks yeah. to the heart of this. Like that one moment yep. is what made yes. that whole like video game part of it work for me. I was like, I relate to everything about what this guy yeah. is going through for it. It was really cool. So yep. I absolutely, I can't stop saying nice things about it. I was really impressed. I wanted to yeah. buy it, but when I yeah. looked online, the only DVD release is Japanese only. And I like yeah. the English voice acting. So I was like, ah, I'm going to have to be a pirate to get this. Uh, so wa- <laughs> I, I suggest watch it again if you didn't have the English subtitles on. The English subtitles are quite different than what they're actually speaking. Interesting. And it's just as good. It's just as good. Okay. It's just written in a different way, but it's it's just as good. So I recommend if you feel like watching it again, put the English subtitles on and, and see the differences. Well, I want to show it to Parker, so I'm going to yeah. watch it again like that. Yeah, he can see it for the first time the one way you can read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this for this for this movie, and I think this is what 
like to me why this why I think for what we're doing this movie is the greatest movie we've ever seen. I maybe Free Guy, but like not a lot of movies have captured both the like why do people love video games and mm-hmm. why are they disappointed when you do a video game poorly, um, video game movie poorly. This is the reason. It's because movies like this are what we all want because (laughs) our love of video games, which is what puts your ass in the theater, is captured here, and it's the thing we're missing. You're, You're missing that magic, and it makes you mad because video games can pull you into their world in a way that, like, is so incredible and so like again people have are such huge fans of different franchises because something about those worlds they love and then they make you know resident evil 900 and you're like oh god <laughs> they're, they're, they're ruining my franchise <laughs> so fantastic movie can't say enough good things wayne any last thoughts my only last thought is if you guys haven't played Dragon Quest Eleven yet and you're in a Dragon Quest mood, it's free on the PlayStation Plus right now. I highly recommend it. It's one of the best Dragon Quest games, period. Awesome. This has put me in the mood for it. I will probably check that out. Well, we'll bring this one to a close. When we come back, we're going to join the fight. We're going to check out Halo Legends, an anthology about Halo stories that aren't necessarily any of the Halo story I've already played recently. We thank you again for joining us on Press X Reload. As always, I've been more with me, Wayne Brissett and Mark Dennis. Gentlemen, thanks for having me. Maybe see you later. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athenis, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review, we'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next stage.